This podcast is sponsored by Luke1977. If you fancy grabbing yourself any gear from Luke, don't forget to use the code MAX20, which gets you 20% off almost anything over there at Luke. They've just brought out some really nice new clothing, so go and check that out. Really, really worth it. And don't forget to use that code MAX20 for a 20% discount. Right, hello and welcome back to another Villa on Tour podcast. This is the first podcast, Simon, where we're in real life together. We can see each other, but we're on the road, don't we? We find ourselves, we're recording this in a Premier Inn in Bristol. Why? Why are we doing that? It's Easter Sunday, which is a bit weird as well. But yeah, we're in a Premier Inn in Bristol. We're going to watch uh, Bristol City Middlesbrough tomorrow. And why are we doing that? We're going to see... Cam Archer and Ramsey. Yeah, That's why are we going? Really? We're on a bit of a, uh, a scouting mission to go and watch Cam Archer and Aaron Ramsey tomorrow. You know what? Championship football. They play on a Friday. They play on a Monday. We thought we'd get involved in that. I miss those days. Do you know what? That that running the ten game run was it? We played Bolton and Millwall on that Friday yeah. Monday. Yeah. I love that over Easter. So we thought we'd get involved, get down to Bristol. I think I've been to Ashton Gate so so many times. Thought we'd go again. Hope those two starks who've come all this way. If we spent a night here, and they don't start. That'd be pretty crap. But yeah, just to give you sort of like a picture of where we are. Premier in sort of a, a strange little setup in Bristol, but it's got to be done because we are now we class ourselves as a, a top six podcast. It's all a bit, it's all a bit mental, isn't it? We're in sixth place. Crazy scenes at the weekend. We're in sixth. Crazy. It's mad, isn't it? It's absolutely mad. It's just it, it feels mad. It feels like we were talking about how we were in eleventh for so long, yeah. and then you know we find ourselves sort of like a week a week after we beat Chelsea, and we sort of all these points ahead of them, which. It feels crazy. It feels absolutely mad. It just shows you what a week we've had. I mean, three wins in a week, nine points. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that, does it? No, it's brilliant at the moment. If you haven't already checked out the uh, the Villa on Tour video on YouTube, please go and do that from Forest at the weekend. Uh, a really good watch. It's nice to be back at Villa Park and you can sort of, I don't know, there's just something in the air at Villa Park when something's going right. It's, it's a great place to be, especially in the sun as well. Weather was absolutely brilliant. You just feel that sort of optimism and expectation in the air as well. Like you can tell that there's not real pressure on the team, but we're just we're just loving life and just turning up. Not not expecting to win, but it's just it's just positive all round, and you're just loving going to the football at the moment, aren't you? Yeah, and there's a, I think yeah, there's like not a massive sort of expectation, but still a, a a more you know a better expectancy from the fans. And I think that's what sort of brings you that sort of buzz. Um, but yeah, you're right. Villa Park was sort of buzzing and bouncing before the game yesterday. It was. Everyone got to the seats quite early as well, which I noticed yesterday, mm. and it just felt like, yeah, it felt like it felt like we were doing well, which obviously we are, and it, it just felt like the fans had, uh, had sort of come to the fore really after after the two away wins in the week. So yeah, Villa Park was a really good place to be yesterday. A nine point week as well. When was the last time we did that? Probably again at the end of the championship. Like absolutely unbelievable nine point week with that Chelsea Leicester, and of course that Forest result. We had a nice weekend overall as well. I had a, a lively Friday night. Um, went out with Dan Bardell and Neil and Paddy from the Full of a Paul McGrath podcast. They're some lively geezers, aren't they? I love them. We had such a great time. I've never met Neil, never met Paddy. Been out with Dan a fair few times, but that was a good crack that was. But I was designated driver, so mm. I was driving you around, driving Dan around, so I wasn't there drinking. I think we had one pint, but it got a bit lively in the end, didn't it? It was a great night. It was uh, it was good to put a, a face to the names, wasn't it? Really, yeah. obviously, we don't we normally see these people on on a screen, and so yeah, it was good to good to meet up, and we had a we had a right good sort of catch up about the villa and all other things, which I don't really remember if I'm being honest. But no, it was really really good to meet uh, Neil and Paddy. Obviously, it was a it was a top night. 
it's just a great community, and at the Villa community, yeah. like all these these content creators, like getting together. I saw that the Canadian Peach was over as well, and everyone having photos. And it's just mm. it's a great place to be when things are going well. Um, the Villa Park as well. There was plenty of people coming up to me. A couple of lads from Limerick actually, which is where Neil's from. Yeah. Um, Irish lad saying hello. A, a bloke from Northern Ireland as well. So shout out to everyone who said they enjoyed the podcast at Villa Park yesterday. That was very much appreciated. It makes it sort of worth it because yes, we sat in a dark Premier in room, but people do actually listen to us. Mm. So really do appreciate that. So yeah, thanks everyone for the support. Loving it. One thing I did want to pick your brains about. You said you got into Villa Park relatively early yesterday. Yeah. Did you notice they um, didn't play Bangarang? I did notice it, as, and and as they didn't play it. I was thinking about you I think you sort of like clapping your hands in delight up in the whole sand um but yeah I was quite I was quite pleased as well. I was waiting for it actually yeah. and then when when uh, crazy train came on and then high ho silver line I thought they're not gonna play it are they they're not no. gonna play it um they've listened they finally listened they must have seen the feedback because like every match day I see people tweeting oh me at 245 when bang Rang comes on it's like some stupid meme but I'm oh, I'm so glad like yeah you can get into Europe and whatever but the main thing is they've stopped bang Rang, honestly I'm so happy. Other thing as well, did you get searched a bit more when you went in Villa? I've already talked about a few, some people have already said this and, you know, they were quite hot on it yesterday. I don't know whether they've been told something, but I don't know, I got searched a bit more yesterday. It was a bit strange. Was it because Prince William was there? <laughs> it might have been. I, I don't, don't know, know, like royalty in the house. Yeah, like. I, I, I wasn't really, I don't think I was even searched actually up in the North Stand. I mean, I've got to be honest, and this is not calling out people, but the security of the North Stand, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty lax if I'm being honest. I mean, it was probably like a quick pad down over yeah. my leg and that was it. I was in sort of thing. So I didn't know, I didn't notice that, but maybe it was because Prince William was coming, I don't know. Maybe, but they sort of ask you like, oh, you know, what's in your pocket? I mean... Uh-huh. Like phone, wallet, like they don't even look though. So how that's gonna? I don't know. It literally could be anything. So I don't know whether that was just me or other people noticed that. Talks about Prince William in the house yesterday. That was nice, wasn't it? Prince George was there as well. Yeah, Perslow loves that. He, he does <laughs> you, love it. You can tell he absolutely loves like looking after royalty. And mm. there's the pictures of sort of him giving them the tour around the pitch and the box as well. Did you notice who else was in the box as well? Uh, Prince George, Prince William, Perslow, a couple of oh Nasef, of course. Yeah. That was a special guest. Did you notice who it was? It was King Elmo, wasn't it? King Elmo. King Elmo. That, what, know, a, what a bizarre crossover. Yeah, but do you know though? I, I didn't. I think this has gone a bit, a bit under the radar. But he's actually now a, an ambassador of the football club now, though. Yeah. And like in that announcement that Villa did the other week about that ZFC, the club in Egypt, like that's who Villa sent to be their yeah. representative. And then I went on his Twitter account the other day and I noticed that he's actually a club ambassador now, <laughs> like sort of Ian Taylor is. Elmo is joining the ranks as well. I mean. He must be loving life having that role. Like, what what a job that is! I, I love Elmo. I love Elmo. I, he was just one of them where it's steady footballer, but he just came across as like he loved the club, yeah. like the passion in that promotion run. I'm in his Twitter header as well. If you go and look at Elmo's Twitter header, you can see what it, I think it's from Albion away in the playoffs. There's there's me in a white jumper. I'm quite hard to miss, but I just love Elmo, and it's nice to see these actually. In a box with the royalty. Exactly. Royalty meets royalty. Unbelievable. And a big shout out to big Steve Bruce for bringing him in. I mean, <laughs> come on, you know, we don't, we don't normally say that on the podcast, but Steve Bruce, he brought him in. He did it with McGinn as well. I was like, yeah, Steve Bruce loving sack off Emery. Yeah, this is a Steve exactly. Bruce loving podcast. No. The current manager, Unai Emery, he was back in the Stone Islands. What do you make of that? That means that Villa are sort of, you know, not to be messed with. Yeah, he means business when he puts the stony on. <laughs> means- stony, stony badge goes on, Unai means business. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, uh, Forrest had lost the game before they'd even kicked the yeah. ball when Unai Emery puts the Stone Island down. But we're getting to the serious, serious stuff then. Steve Cooper, there was talk about him sort of in, in the lead up to the game, wasn't there? And their Greek owner came out with a statement saying, you know, we believe in we believe in Steve Cooper, you know. But it's just, it's it's absolute words. And I don't know why they did that, Forrest. We've talked about Forrest till, till we're blue in the face in terms of what they did in the summer and stuff like that. They're just a mess. And after that at the weekend and seeing what a few Forrest fans are saying, I think they're banging trouble now with, with well, I don't know. There's other teams down there that are pretty horrific. Leicester as well. But, but Forrest are going to be down there, aren't they? 
I think it's just giving this dreaded voter confidence all the time, though, to the manager. And it's like, you're in April now. Like, you, you, you're past the point where you really should be sacking your manager. It's just, we don't need to be talking about it back anymore, sacking him now. Like, he's going to be there to the end of the season. Just stop putting statements out there. And I noticed Cooper didn't really know what to say in his press conference on um, on, on Thursday or Friday, whenever it was. Yeah. He was asked about that statement. He didn't really know what to say. You could just tell. But, yeah, I think I said to you, didn't I? I think I said to you earlier today that, for me, Forrest are just a team of individuals they're not they're not they're not a team actually they're just individuals on a on, on, on a team sheet and you can you can sort of tell like everything goes through Brennan Johnson and Morgan Gibbs White and then when that doesn't come off there's not much of an answer and yeah. there's just not a lot there there's no sort of you're not you're not really sure what their sort of style is their passages of play like how do they play what's their tactics mm. and I sort of felt like that yesterday it was very it was very much sort of just waiting for something to happen and concentrating on the opposition more than yeah. more than concentrating on your own team and so I think Forest are banging trouble. I think they've got. I don't. I think they've got some good players. I do think they've got some good yeah. players, but I don't think they work together well as a team. Um, and yesterday's performance was. I just thought it was really, really poor. If I'm being honest, I think Gibbs White is the one that stands out. I think you were telling me that Brennan Johnson was playing with an injury. Yeah. You, you could tell it looked like that as well because I'm a big fan of him and he's done some great things this season. And he was really, really important in their promotion run as well. But mm. I think Gibbs White is the one that stands out. It's just a case, like you said, just give the ball to him and sort of, sort of see what happens. But you go through their squad and it's it's half full of players that you've never really heard of and half of like Premier League rejects. You've got Czech Kiate in there, Andrew a- Andre Ayu as well. John Joe Shelby was the one for me at the Terrible. weekend. Absolutely Terrible. horrific. We'll come on to Villa's first goal. But he was he was just absolutely terrible and they just look disjointed. And it, it's credit to Cooper. He's done a brilliant job there, but it's always going to be hard. It's the same with Graham Potter at Chelsea. If you're bringing in that many players, it's no matter who you've got in there, it's going to be a near-on impossible task to deal with all these players, different personalities, different nationalities, play, players who have played in the Premier League, players who haven't. It's always going to be hard. So you've got to keep them around. And like you said, why sack a manager in April? Don't get it. Well, I think the thing is, the expect, surely the expectation level from any sort of Forest fan, all their owners should have been that it was Premier League survival was their number one aim. And you know, with, when they brought the amount of players they did in, and Forest fans will tell you they had to do that because they had an even even a smaller squad than Villa did when they got promoted. And so Forest fans will tell you that they had to make all them signs, which is fair enough. I mean, we're not you know we're not privy to that. We're not right in in on you know on the Forest scene, so we don't know that. But Surely, surely the expectation wasn't any yeah. more than staying up, yeah. and they're in with a a chance of staying up at this stage of the season. So, I don't really see what Cooper's done wrong. If I'm being no. honest, but did the owners really expect a well, sort yeah. of a mid-table finish? Is that what they expected? Because if they did, then they were totally deluded. <laughs> yeah, you've got to be realistic and look like what what did we actually think was going to happen at the start of the season? Their away record is horrific, but they have been okay at the City Ground. They've picked up some some pretty decent results. I just think. Away from home, what is it, five, six goals all season, one win, six points. It's not great. So if you're a Forest fan and you're going away from home, complete polar opposite to Villa. Pretty crap at the moment. We'll come on to Villa then. An unchanged team from Leicester. I don't know, I don't know why you change. I think the only thing we talked about on the previous podcast was was Bailey or Troy Ore. Bailey gets the nod, goes off after half an hour, pretty much sums up his, his Villa career. That That run and that injury really, didn't it? Yeah, it was a shame, really, because it was it was a good run. He showed that burst of pace, didn't he? Which you know he has got in the locker. Um, he did quite well actually for that. He did quite well to get the ball over, and we probably should have made more of that chance. But you might know as as he does that, he uh, he pops his hamstring or pulls his hamstring, whatever he's done, uh, holding his hamstring anyway. And um, but it's a blow, though. I think I was saying to you again earlier that no matter how bad he's in form, um, we've got such a threadbare squad and. You know, we've got some pretty intense games coming up. And, uh, you know, and again, we played three games in a week. The players were bound to be fairly tired. And yet we haven't, we, yesterday we didn't have 
you know the players on the bench to really sort of change it if we, if we really wanted to. Like I was saying to you earlier, like I felt like Ramsey probably could have done with a little bit of a rest in the second half, but because of the players we had on the bench, we didn't really have that available to us. Don't have so, that luxury, do we? No. And so any injuries a blow at the moment. And so whether it was Bailey or not, any injuries a blow. And so it's disappointing. I mean, if it's a uh, if it is a hamstring injury, um, it, it's, it's likely you'll probably miss the rest of the season. Yeah, out for the season. If you if you're talking anything more than five six weeks, that's that's him out for the season. What I think I think he'll stay around because of the fact we we don't have any wingers, and I think Emery has already proven that he can improve individuals as well. Um, so hopefully Bailey can you know become accustomed to that in the summer. He gets a bit more time, but I just think he struggles, doesn't he? And I get it. I spoke to my mate who was a Leverkusen fan when we signed him. He said he's inconsistent. You expect that. That's what wingers are. Mm. If he wasn't inconsistent and he was as good as he's proven he can be all the time, he'd be a 50, 60 yeah. million pound winger, but he's not. So I, I do like him. I think he's extremely frustrating. I do like him. Do you think he'll stick around next season? I, I think he will. I think if we do get into Europe, we'll, we'll need a squad and we need wingers anyway. So farming out Leon Bailey, I don't think is an option. Yeah, I, I think he'll stick around purely for the fact that I don't think we'd get, I don't think we'd get what we paid for him back. And so, exactly. in terms of investment wise, it wouldn't be wise for Villa to to let him go. I think we'll try and improve in that area. But for me, Leon Bailey will stick around, and I'm going to defend him a little bit. I am going to defend him a little bit and just say that yeah, he has been inconsistent, and as we know, that's what wingers are. And as you just said, he's not a 50, 60 million pound winger, and so. Um, if he was, he'd be at a top club like Arsenal, Man City, etc. But I just defend him a little bit because he has popped up with some key goals for Villa this season, though, and a few, yeah, and a few key assists. And I think the first half of the season, um, in particular, I, th- I thought he was, I thought he was, I thought he was pretty decent. And I think if you look back under Gerrard, he was probably our most proficient mm. forward. To be fair to him, and so I don't think he's had a terrible season. I really don't. I think he's been the last few weeks in particular have been difficult for I think him. He's I think. lacking confidence yeah. massively. Yeah, and I, the last few weeks have been difficult for him, but. I wouldn't write him off. I mean, like you know, I, I have done a bit. I did a bit of a U turn on him because I wasn't mm. his biggest fan when he came in, and and I was quite vocal about. It. I didn't think he was good enough. He didn't affect the game enough for me. But um, I don't think he's had a terrible season. I think, like I say, the last few weeks have been a struggle. Um, but again, you know, as you said, Emery sort of he, he has got a track record of improving players. We've got the summer coming up. Um, I don't see him going anywhere. I feel I feel like he'll become a part of the squad, um, and that's not a bad option to have still though. No, it's a really good option, and you know, going forward, you need you need options. Even if it's if you, even if you sign two forty million pound wingers to have him coming off the bench if needs be, it's a great option to have, and he has proved it. To be fair to him, at times maybe not enough, but he has proved mm-hmm. it at times. And he's, he's it's all about output, isn't it? Essentially, like it's all good being flashy and yeah. doing loads of flicks and stuff. But his output, maybe not in recent weeks, but it, but it's okay. It's not too bad. So yes, he's frustrating. Troy always frustrating. Wingers in general are frustrating but you've got to keep him around and see what happens next season. Penalty for Liverpool. There's been a slight interval in the podcast as we have the Arsenal-Liverpool game on and Liverpool are about to take a penalty. <laughs> Salah. Oh, oh, missed it. Why he's is... missed it again. That's a terrible penalty, that is. What he's, a woeful like penalty. Sounds like he's won against Bournemouth. Jesus. So he's not the best Egyptian. <laughs> Into the actual game, then, I thought I was really angry in the first two minutes. Again, though, we moan about referees on this podcast an awful lot. They deserve it. Was it Anthony Taylor yesterday? He's meant to be one. Mm. England's best referee goes to all the World Cups and stuff. But I thought, do you know what? My pet hate is linesman. But apart from that, it's when referees don't give yellow cards because it's early on in the Mm, game. I think I saw the stats yesterday and Forrest committed like so many more fouls than Villa. I think it started quite ferociously. I think it ended quite ferociously, the game as well. But early on in the game, if a challenge is a yellow card, it's a yellow card. Yeah. I absolutely hated it 
when, yes, we're one minute in, we're two minutes in, there was at least two or three fouls where the ref just played on, where it's a blatant, blatant yellow card. Another thing as well, Forest player was blatantly blocking a free kick and the referee runs half the length of the pitch to talk to him, but then doesn't book him. I don't get that. And talking to players early on in the game and not booking them purely because of, based on what time it is in the game, really wound me up. And I thought the referee had a slightly inconsistent and, and lenient afternoon towards Forest yesterday. I think I think that that followed the theme of the whole game. Though he was what you just said there, talking to players. It really aggravated me. I said that Anthony Taylor was just taking so long, yeah, to talk constantly, talk to that players. one corner, all yeah, constantly talking and like it, honestly, some of them it, it felt like it was every every like couple of minutes or so yeah. that he'd stop the game and he was running over and then calling the captains over and going over to the bench and it felt like that was literally constant mm. yesterday. Um, it was really aggravating me. I was just like, can we get on with the game? <laughs> like, why have we got so many stoppages? I mean, the first half was a bit like that anyway. There was quite a few injuries, wasn't there, in the first yeah. half? And um, yeah, it was a bit stop-start anyway, so it didn't need the referee to constantly keep needing words of players either. Like, every single corner, mm. it was like, okay, you, you've, you've spoke to them about it the first time, then why, why are you letting it go on and yeah. having conversations again after and after? And so... The referee's performance really infuriated me yesterday. It was just because of how long everything took. I don't really get that from corners when a referee sort of, before the corner's taken, goes and speaks to the whole group of players and says, don't do this. Don't. If they want to foul each other, let them foul mm. each other. Give a free kick, mm. give a penalty, whatever you have to do. Don't get involved. Mm. That's up to them if they want to wrestle each other. That's totally up to them. That, that again, is something that really confuses me. And I don't know why the referee has to intervene. Yeah, the referee, referees in, in general, I feel, I feel like they get to me every week but yeah it was just a it was just a con like i said it was just a constant talking yesterday like you've done it once you don't need to keep doing it just stop it now and and then that was what would baffle me as well the stoppage on the end of the first half you only go three minutes <laughs> yeah. and, I, and, I, and i swear to god we were out of play for about seven or eight yeah. minutes in the first half yesterday i was really baffled by that i think it kind of played into forest's hands that first half because it wasn't a great first half to watch and to be fair i don't think forest really pressed us really villa want to play they're sort of playing through the lines and playing out from the back and want to play quick you know we've got patterns of play etc but i don't think forest really allowed that mm. then you were talking on, on the way here you were talking about how they played their what two number tens and yeah. our, our two number sixes and that, that was a good strategy to be fair and i think they did okay they didn't really cause any threats to us i think they they sort of in that first half semi nullified what we were trying to do yeah they did they, they were they to be fair to forest they were very good out, out of possession um they like i say they put the two number tens on our two number sixes and we struggled to play through them so obviously villa's tactic is usually you know martinez will roll it out to your, to your centre-half, and we try and find one of our sixes quite early on. But they blocked that yesterday, and um, I felt, for me, yesterday, first half, what we could have done better was uh, commit to either McGinn or Louise a little bit further forward, mm. so then the centre-half steps out a little bit more, so it gives us a bit of more of an option. We didn't do that that well in the first half yesterday, yeah. and I think we struggled to... Our plan A wasn't clearly wasn't working. You had full confidence, though, going into half-time, and you and I, Emery, coming up with a plan yeah. B or a plan yeah, C yeah. To, to sort of... To sort of change that, and um, he kind of did. If you if you watch it at half time, he kind of did because in the second half, Louise was that little bit further forward. You you saw him, and he was on like the, the tip of that sort of midfield um, area, mm. and um, and he sort of left he sort of left McGinn back, which was the strange one. You'd think it'd be the way around, but he wasn't. Yeah. Louise was further forward, and it worked better. Villa found more space in the, in the second half of midfield, and so yeah. Again, off the, like I say, like I say, off the ball, I thought Forest was pretty decent, but um, in regards to creating chances of their own. It, didn't really materialise. I think, that, again, though, it's just, if in doubt, give the ball to Morgan Gibbs-White. Like yeah. when, when they are on the ball, again, they really do lack ideas. And I, I think it was basically a game where, right, Villa, it's up to you to sort of get through the lines and, and cause problems and score goals. Here. And I think once you get that that first goal, 
it's fine. It was fine. But we'll just talk about what happened at half time as well. Were you in your seat at half time? I was, yeah. Did you watch Prize Where It Lies? Yeah. I don't know what I know. I think it might have been Sarah. Poor Sarah. She ended up <laughs> she ended up on her bottom. Um, I really do feel for it. And you know, you can kind of see when it's gonna happen. I think she's I don't know why we're analysing this, but she took a really straight run up and you can kind of see what's gonna happen. The sprinklers were going mental as well. Oh, I feel for it. I always, I always think that though, when people are taking really straight run-ups, I never understand what why people do that. Like you need to curl it, you need to curl it round because that's <laughs> that's that's the the flight of the ball is going to yeah. take it if you curl it. It always goes like towards the dugout, doesn't it? It's like yeah. everyone, if you're listening, if you ever end up on prize where it lies, aim right a little bit, yeah. like aim right. And I don't know what the guy's name was, but the last guy actually did get it. Absolute scenes in Villa Park. Um, he won a lifetime supply of Terrible monster, gift. really awful. And then he did a brilliant knee side. Thing is, thing is, I said this to my brother at half time, like. What does that mean? Like, what does we lifetime supply mean? We like, said that. Is that like one can? Uh, no, it wasn't lifetime. It was a year supply. Oh, that lifetime. Was it. So, what is it like one can? Like, is it three hundred and sixty-five cans? Yeah, like but you know, you know, on or... a can where it says like this contains three servings. Yeah, but then that'll be like, oh, you get like four cans a year then, or something. See, stupid. I'm going to be honest. I don't think I've ever drank a can of monster in my life. So, if I won that, I'd probably say I don't really want it. No. Put it back in the hat or something. Yeah, like. if that wasn't me, I wouldn't be knee sliding in front of the whole end. To be fair, although but... th- it was the second blow that made me laugh actually because he took that long over it and like he was waiting for like them to like move one of the balls or wait, yeah, for, like, a, wait for someone to move out of the way and he was like deadly serious about it <laughs> and then he stepped up and it was just as bad as the first one it's should terrible. we do it I, I've, ne- I'd love to do I've it. never looked at like pride rewards and stuff I, yeah, I'd, I'd, love to do I'd it. like to do it it's like. better than that half time shout out anyway when they're reading out about 100 names like, oh, the time, like, and, you, and you're just waiting for the guy to get the names right yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and the bloke he's, he's reading out that many his voice is like crackling as he's doing it like, yeah it's yeah. really bad if people aren't lucky enough to go to Villa Park week in, week out if you're from abroad. You'll have absolutely no idea uh, what we're talking about. But that was probably the highlight of the day, that prize where it lies situation. It was ever so eventful. I think the best thing we could have done going into the second half was was get an early goal. I think the first half was quite quite bitty. And like I said already, that's sort of paid into Forrest's hands. But we get that early goal. That man again, Bertrand Traore. And it's it summed up Forrest, that goal, because of how terrible it was. And we've already talked about how awful John Joe Shelby is as a footballer. Mm. Absolutely laid it on a plate to Traore. But to be fair, he's lively and he did get there. And it's a nice finish as well on that beautiful left foot. But uh, yeah, that's what we needed, isn't it? Early goal in that second half. Be fair, it came from Troy though initially though. Yeah, like, it did. He it obviously, did. Um, I think it was Ashley Young, wasn't it? That found that bit of space to pass into Troy already. He had acres of space. It was poor defending, and um, he put a good ball across the box actually. And um, Watkins was probably a little bit slow, slow towards it, and it, they tried to clear it. And then Shelby, but Shelby pretended he was trying to pass it to one of the forest players. Did you see his reaction. He was actually? like, he was like oh, "What are you doing? Like, why, why aren't you there?" But <laughs> in reality, he literally passed it straight to Troy already. Made me laugh actually because it was like it was pretty much the same goal as against Leicester, but like about twenty five yards. <laughs> That's forward, true, actually. It? Yeah, it literally was. Yeah. Um, but so players just keep passing it to Troy already. Um But yeah, it was a. It was a decent finish. You almost missed it, actually. Though. If you actually like, you oh all... come off it! No, he did. You almost curled it wide. You almost <laughs> did. But, but I'll give him it. It was he scored. No, but to be fair, I thought he was actually lively. Try I thought he was fairly lively. Um, and yeah, it was it was just a, a really good time, wasn't it? Like you know, the nerves were going to start yeah. to to sort of settle with the Villa fans as well. And I think the Villa fans were great yesterday. Actually, I, there was the one time actually when and I'm, we've been saying how it's been improving actually over the last few weeks. Mm. But I noticed yesterday that. There was hardly any like shouts of get it forward or yeah, swing yeah, into yeah. the box yesterday. Like everyone was really patient and wait for it to happen. But I think the early goal in the second half sort of sort of calmed and settled the nerves a little bit, definitely. But yeah, fair play to try, right? Two in two in two. You can't you know, you can't knock that, can you? Going back to the fans' reaction, I think it's sort of a combination between Villa actually getting better at playing out from the back and sort of fans learning as well that this is how we're gonna do it and we are actually quite good at it now. Not that we yeah. had to do it vastly yesterday because Forrest didn't really 
need we didn't need to do it against them to be fair because they gave us a lot of time on the ball. But no, we're getting better and the fans are getting used to it, which is good. So all all, all signs are good going to next season. But Traore is going to get a run in the side now, isn't he? So two in two, confidence is through the roof. He looks like he's really enjoying his stuff. So be nice to see what he can sort of produce on a consistent basis, isn't it? Obviously, he's been farmed out before. Talked about it. Went to Turkey. Didn't get that much football into Gerard, but. He's, we haven't really got an option now. We literally don't have another option. He's our one and only winger as well. So he's going to come in to uh, replace Bale. It's going to be interesting to see what he can do. And hopefully he can continue this uh, uh, purple patch that he's in goal scoring wise. Well, I think when you look back to Troy O'Reilly's first season at Villa, that lockdown season, you know, he used to pop up with you know some key goals and key assists at, at, at really you know big moments, really. And he had a good season that year. In terms of his record, in terms of assists and goals, he had a good record. And so... He's not a bad player. I don't know where this thing turned into that he's a bad player. He's look, he's a very maverick player. We know that. He's very like, off the collar. Um, he's not. I don't think you can predict what he's going to do. Mm. But not all players are sort of like that. You know, it's quite rare to have players like that. And so sometimes you do need a, a player like that. But yeah, he will get a run in the team now. Probably. I think obviously Emery will be will be wanting some of the injuries to clear up to the likes of Kamara and Coutinho, so we have a few more options because we are very threadbare yeah. now, sort of thing. And, you know, you'd like to have the option of putting McGinn further forward and JJ further forward. But, um, yeah, at the moment, until injuries clear up, then Troy will get the nod. And I think after this week, I think, to be fair, rightly so, he probably deserves it. Yeah, why not? In terms of them injuries, then, I think you know more than me. What what, what did they say? 10 days and two weeks for all of them? Yeah. Cash, Kamara and Coutinho? Yeah, so that's what Emery said on for, uh, Friday in his press conference. He said that, yeah, there were between 10 days to two weeks away, all of them. So, a bit of a blow, really, because you would have liked Kamara back, especially for that Newcastle game. And, yes. Um, I'm just even thinking about like, Ashley Young's legs and stuff. You know, you'd, write, you'd like to have Cash back just to sort of provide that competition again, really, and if we need to rely on him. And then also... It'd still be good to have Coutinho available as well. Like, like as an option, so, just as an option. Exactly. We're so threadbare in that final third, it would be nice to have him as an option. But yeah, another 10 days, two weeks away. Maybe maybe Kamara will make a bit of a speedy recovery again, but who knows? I mean, it would be good to have him back for Newcastle, but who knows? I think it's quite good though in terms of, you mentioned there about Ashley Young's legs. It's good that we haven't got well, I think we've got what one midweek game now, haven't we? I know there were seven games in April. I think we've got Fulham on a Thursday night, is it, towards the end of the month? So luckily we're not playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, like we have done in the past week. So that's not too bad. Um, I want to talk about Wendell. What did you make of him yesterday? Got taken off, as, as he usually does, to be fair, waving his arms around in frustration, probably. I, I don't know. I think there was a couple of moments where I got really frustrated with him holding on to the ball too long, trying to play the risky pass. And I like it when players, you know, try that risk. Sometimes you've got to do it. You've got to have players who do try risks and risky passes. But I think sometimes you don't need to do it. It's like mm. you need to work out when you need to do it. And Wendy was a little bit frustrated yesterday. And I, look, I like him. I just think he's he's got another level and it, it's... He's probably taking too long to see that. And he was a record signing. He's been here for a very, well, I say very long time in comparison to some other players. But I, I want to see more from him. I really do. I thought he was lively, though. I thought he was very lively. And I thought a lot of the play that we did went through him still, which is um, is a common occurrence with Brendan, to be fair. I know what you mean. His output probably needs to get better. I think for we, we spent, you know, 30 odd million on him. And his output probably does need to get better when you talk when you think about like assists and goals and um but he is like what you just said there, he's a bit of a risk taker, that's how he plays his game sort of thing and um, you know, like the like the through balls he puts through, like they're sort of through balls that some players don't quite yeah. see sometimes. He's a bit quicker in his thinking, isn't it? Mm. Um I think that's the player he is. I don't know if you're gonna take that away from him, but I think he I think he's a quality needs to improve. I think in terms of his passing, in terms of his 
um, in terms of his quality on the ball. I think that's the bit that needs to improve. I wouldn't take that sort of... He buzzes around the pitch, doesn't he? You don't want to take that away from him. Yeah, uh, yeah. And you don't want to take the, the sense of unpredictability away from him as well because that's what makes him a good player. But I just think he needs to improve on the quality of that, mm. if I'm being honest, because he does lose the ball at times and um, sometimes his, his passing isn't great. But... Again, though, he's a he's still a key player in Villa's in Villa's team. Though I mean, we've got nobody else like him at the moment. So um, yeah, he's, he's. I think he'll get better. I do think he'll get better. I think mm. he. Uh, I think Emery likes him, doesn't he? He's played a lot of yeah, football under Emery. I think he was the victim of obviously Dean Smith signing him, and uh, obviously Dean Smith got replaced very quickly. Yeah. And he was then, or obviously the victim of Coutinho coming in really, and we struggled to play them two together. And Gerard, he used to talk about Brendan like he liked him, but never really played him that mm. much. And um, I think Emery's shown a lot of confidence in him because he's been his main man in yeah. that attacking role. So I think he'll get better Buendia, but yeah, he, he just needs to improve on that end product for me. I think he's a bit rough around the edges at the moment, isn't he? A little bit rough around the edges. I think with another summer, Emery's first summer, a little bit, i say more quality around him, not that we really need it. But I don't know. I think that there's 100% more to come from uh, Emery Buendia, isn't there? I just I just think mm. he's sort of nearly got it, nearly got it. You're all sort of waiting for something, like we said, improve the output. He scored some important goals. He scored some really good goals as well. I just think I want to see more of it. I want to see more. I think the second half was was comfortable though, wasn't it? Not that there was too much goal mouth action, but I think we just controlled it. We were I was before the game I was saying like don't be complacent, just be professional, get the get the um, game done and we did to be fair wrapped it up nicely as well didn't we with that Watkins goal and uh, I thought it was sort of bouncing around when Watkins banged it in but it's actually really really good search and even before that with that flick from Troy Ore, it's a really really nice goal in the end it is it's a great takedown from Troy Ore. brilliant made me laugh because the Villa players are queuing up for that for that to put it in the net <laughs> and when Watkins uh, it's a lovely finish by the way like, I really lobbed it over the goalkeeper and yeah. it just it was like an outpour of like emotion and relief wasn't it around Villa Park I think it was like one of the most celebrated goals. I mean, for just, we, we'd, we'd already won the game, let's be honest. But like, so for like a second goal, like, you know, it didn't really mean a lot. But yeah, Villa Park was like a massive outpouring of emotion when it went in yesterday. That was, it was, it was, it was nice to see. But, um, but yeah, I th- do you know what? I thought that we were, we were really patient in our play yesterday. And I think mm. that was what was really key. I think you knew Forrest would come with a bit of a game plan to try and frustrate us, which they had. And they'd executed that fairly well in the first half. But you, you knew that at some point, you were going to make a breakthrough and it was just about being patient and and that's what it was and I think what you said about playing it out from the back I thought as I said to you earlier um again I thought that was that was probably the best we've done it yesterday I thought yeah, I, yeah. I, I really did I thought I never felt like we were in danger yesterday I never felt like we were going to make a mistake and um that triangle between Mings uh, Conza and Martinez, they were all three of them were spot on yesterday with that playing it out from the back, and um, it's just it's it's really good to watch. It's good to watch Villa controlling a game like sixty six percent possession we had yesterday, which was it was that's you know it's, it's incredible. It's something that we're not we're, we're sort of not used to, and I know Forest weren't great, I know that, but it was just really really good to see. And I think when we get Kamara back in there, that that oh, yeah. makes it even better as well. But I, I, I just compare it to just remember go back a few months ago when we were in Dubai watching that those that sort of drill yeah, yeah. from the goalkeeper, and just think now like we're we're what three three four months sort of further on. And just think how much we've improved at mm. doing that, though. I mean, it was a bit of a, a bit rusty at that point. It was a work in progress. Well, even we... in Emery's second game, yeah. Brighton away, that goal yeah. that we gave away—that's a prime example of it not quite working early on. Yeah, but you, but you just all of a sudden it feels like mm. it feels like it's starting to click, sort of thing. But I mean, Tyrone Mings, like you'd never have thought he'd be a ball playing defender, but yeah. he looks so comfortable on the ball. Like he's like, and and Konza, to be fair, like, but Mings, like, I don't think anyone looked at him and thought, yeah, that's a ball playing centre centre half. Well, like, yeah, I don't know if you noticed, he had one run in the second half where he sort of 
accidentally ran into midfield, didn't have any options, sort of tried to run out wide and <laughs> ran out with the ball. Yeah. Like, yeah. Bless him, he had absolutely yeah. no options at all. But no, nah, I, I agree. They were both both centre-backs absolutely excellent. Shout out Konza as well. I, I feel yeah. like as Villa fans in general, we don't really speak about Isri Konza because he's... I think he he struggled massively under Gerard at times as well. I thought he was really disappointing, but he's put that form behind him. He's sort of back up to that level that you know uh, Martinez, Mings, and Conte were in that that season in in lockdown where we got a ridiculous number of clean sheets. Yeah. I think a shout out needs to go out to Rosie Conte. He made a, a yeah. couple of really crucial uh, blocks yesterday. He's just I hate I'd use Rolls Royce quite a lot, but he is though, isn't he? So calm, so controlled on the ball as well. He needs a big shout out as we come. So I'm really enjoying watching him at the moment. He just gets the job done, doesn't he? Just does his job, goes home. Really like him. Well, I think, yeah, and I think a big. I think sometimes we don't give them enough credit as they deserve the centre hours because you know you look back and these are two players signed. You know when we got promoted from the championship. Mm. I mean Mings was playing for us in the championship and Conza uh, was. A young lad who joined from Brentford from the Championship at that point hadn't played like that many games. I've never heard of him. No, exactly. He went from Charlton to Brentford, and yet here we are a few years on. They're still Villa's first choice centre. Our pairing, okay. I know we know Carlos has had his uh, injury this season, but as it stands, they're still Villa's uh, current centre. Our would pairing. you get in the team though? Would you well, get in the not, team? Not, not at the moment. No. Absolutely not. It's their shirt to lose at the moment. Things are Conza. They're, they're in outstanding form, uh, but I just think. That's really, you know, really big credit to them because a few years after promotion, they're still here, churning out mm. week in, week out, really top forms. And if you think about Konza, he wasn't even first choice centre half that year when we got, yeah. when we, year when we were first back in the Premier League. Engels started as, as our <laughs> as our main centre half alongside Mingles at that point. Mingles, Mingles, everyone used to say. <laughs> like, everyone thought we'd found like the Cannavaro sort of Nesta sort of partnership. Goodness but, uh, me, that, I forgot yeah. about Engels. Oh, that yeah. reminded me. I brought an Engels shirt, you know. I actually yeah, bought one. Horrible. Number 22, Bjorn Engels. I, I literally have no idea why I did that. Yeah, that is absolutely... You'd look look back on that in 20 years and think, who on earth is Bjorn Engels? See, that's a bit of a wacky one. That's what one I'd have, that is. Yeah, like, that like is. collection, like, years later. Me, me and Jamie were talking about this yesterday. We were like... Uh, I was speaking about Augustinson and he'd completely forgot about him and he was like, oh, where's he gone now? And it's just like, do you remember him? That was this season. Very, very forgettable. That was, what did he play like three? I remember when he came on against Leeds and got injured or something. Like, he, he was... Yeah. That was awful. That was really, really bizarre. That was. You're going to get an Augustinson shirt for your collection, or I don't think so. He's not even <laughs> like. He's not even one that you know. Like you talk about your Jills de Builders. Yeah, he's not, yeah, yeah. He's not in that. He's not in that bracket. He's even more obscure than that. Yeah, horrendous. Um, but that's nine and eleven for Ollie Watkins now. Nine goals in eleven games, and I was looking down sort of game by game and how many goals he scored, and it's like game goal, game goal, nine and eleven. It's it's. Uh, what more can we say about Ollie Watkins? We say it week in, week out, and it, you could tell how much it meant to him yesterday with him taking the shirt off and stuff. Like, he's loving life. And he's just an absolute joy to watch, Ollie Watkins. I, I, what, what more can you say about him? He's just absolutely thriving. Yeah, he is thriving. He's in, he's in the form of his life, and uh, he just looks like he's got that confidence. And I saw his interview after the game, and he was talking about, you know, earlier on this season or last season, I wouldn't even have dared to try and chip, you know, chip yeah. the goalkeeper from there. Like, I'd have put it low and probably missed this. And he's quite, he's quite open and honest when he talks, really. Like, a lot of footballers' interviews, they're filled with, like cliches, aren't they? And you know, they're, they're yeah. not very interesting interviews, yeah. but Ollie Watkins just talks like from the heart, sort of thing. And uh, seems down to earth, doesn't he? Does. He does, yeah. And um, I think the work that Emery's done with him and his coaching staff, like, um, I saw that earlier on in the week that apparently, like, he's one of Emery's coaches, I can't remember what his name is now, but one of Emery's coaches works with Watkins on like a one to one basis mm. and shows him clips of previous strikers that have played under yeah. Emery, Emery's system. And Watkins like studies it, you know, and inten- intensively. And, um, yeah, it's paying off. It's paying off because he's just he, every time he gets the ball in the box, I think he's going to score at the moment. And what he is literally scoring at the mm. moment. Now that that now takes him to what twelve is it in the league? And um, yeah. and and you know you, you you sort of really back him now to go and get 
15, 16 by the end of the season. That is a incre- that's a great return. That is it. As I said to you the other week, the days of talking about a twenty goal a season striker are sort of gone now. Yeah, I think, yeah. and it's now that you're talking about a 15, 16 goal a season striker. And if Watkins got to that after you know the sort of the first half of the season he had, then you know like that, that that would be absolutely insane. Really, I was watching um. Post match on, well, I saw a clip of it, Chelsea versus Liverpool in the week, and they had Daniel Sturridge on. And I don't know if you've seen it, but it was actually very, very interesting. Daniel Sturridge was sort of saying, like, as a striker, he's speaking as a striker. For example, if you go through on goal and if you're in form and you're a good striker, you know exactly what you're going to do. And Watkins comes across like that at the moment. Previous versions of Watkins would have been like, or a bit like in doubt as soon yeah. as he hits the ball. And he doesn't really, it's called like hit and hope, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That bit from Daniel Surridge sort of really sums up how Ollie Watkins is at the moment. He knows what he's going to do. He's confident he's what he's going to do. He's just outfoxing the goalkeeper pretty much every time, isn't he? He is, and it's all different types of finishes as well, yeah, isn't yeah. it? It's, you know, low, it's high, it's loving the goalkeeper, it's headers. It's it's all different sort of varieties of finishes. And I think that he's got that in his head now. Like He's running through and he thinks, right, I've got a multitude of things I can choose from here. Um, and that's what's getting him all the goals. And, yeah, I love to. I love to see it because he's, you know, like he's in the form of his life at the moment. He really is, and um, and he's the re- and he's the reason Villa are, are really pushing up that table. Brighton losing yesterday, just about. By the way, we won't get into all the VAR yeah. stuff. That was absolutely horrendous. If I was a Brighton fan, I'd be livid. But as a Villa fan, you've got to get a bit of luck sometimes, and that proved it uh, for us as we go into sixth. Absolutely flying at the moment. I think we've got uh, Newcastle and uh, Newcastle in our next game. That's huge, that is. That's a really like litmus test barometer of where we are. That's going to be huge because, you know, I, I saw a Forest fan yesterday say, yeah, you played us, you beat us, well done, we're crap. But it's like, well, you can only play what's in yeah. front of you. Newcastle will be a massive, massive test. So I'm really looking forward to that. Conceded the least in the league. They've only conceded 21 in the Premier League. For context, Arsenal and Man City have conceded 27. So for a side like Newcastle to have the best defence in the league, say that, what, 18 months ago? It would have been crazy. So... Huge game that is. Early kickoff, it's going to be good. I think it's, I think it's really interesting to see how Newcastle will play their game. Actually, I think you know do, do a lot sort of a high press on us sort of thing. Will they do that or will they sit off? Or so I'll be really interested to see how Eddie Howe lines up with that one. I think it'll be a real real good tactical battle between mm. between Emery and Eddie Howe next weekend. Look, a really tough game. I mean, they've won five on the trot. Yeah. They're they're in brilliant form as well. Really tough tough game. They're fighting for you know Champions League spots and so. Yeah, undoubtedly a really tough game. We've got a tough run of games coming up, but as I said the other day, look, we're playing really well. We we don't fear anybody, but we just got to take each game as it comes. And still maintain now. Yes, we moved into sixth, but we still, for me, we're still the outsiders. Um, we're still the underdogs, and that's that's where we want to be. You know, we're looking at you know Liverpool who were behind us before today's game. There was two games in hand, and they've got a lot of their games at home before the end of the season, which is where they they've been particularly strong. And obviously, Brighton with two games in hand, but. Again, two games in hand. They're not the points on the board and they're two games in hand. Um, one's definitely Man City and I think the other one's Man United as well. And so, again, not easy games. But, uh, yeah, it's 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 hard to say right now. Look, it's great that we're in sixth. It's really great. Um, and as I said the other day, we just want to treat every game like a cup final, really. Every game every game is like tournament football. Every game's like a cup final. Um, and let's just see where we end up. But we've got it in us. We have got it in us. Um, I worry about this, the. I worry about the size of the squad. It's you know, it's we we need to have a little bit of luck with injuries before the end of the season. Do, do you think that? Do you think that helps though? It's sort of like the togetherness and stuff. Do you yeah, think that yeah. can play a factor. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. It definitely in a way. It's just that it's just that if you do start to get more injuries, I mean, yeah. we're not. We're only you know we're only one or two injuries away now from being in trouble, sort of thing, because of the, the the size of our squad. And I just hope we, I hope we don't run out of steam. That's my mm. only. That's my only doubt but we're quite late into the season so hopefully it won't happen now sort of thing but 
yeah, look, we, we've got it in us. The players are really confident. The players are firing all cylinders. Um, and I don't think we do fear anybody. I think, unless we were playing like a Man City, I mean, I'd say, okay, but we're going to find that really tough because Man City is just relentless in the moment. Um, but we're not, okay, we've got some tough games, Liverpool, Newcastle, Man United, Brighton, Spurs. But, you know, Emery's already proved that he can mix it with the big boys already with, with, with the wins we've had. And so... Let's see where we end up, but um, take each game as it comes. But it's happy days in the moment. It is indeed. Look, I'd rather have the points on the board than uh, games in hands. Let's just put it that way. But I think that's a nice place to end it, mate. All, all, all good at the moment, isn't it? At the Villa, and I'm just looking forward to, to mixing it with Newcastle. Like, yeah, Forest is good, but I think we all could sort of expected to win that going into it. Newcastle at Villa Park, no doubt it will be rocking because of the sort of you know the, the, all the previous with Villa and Newcastle. But I'm really looking forward to that. That should be a good one. I think we've got that. The one thing I will against Newcastle we have got though is a bit of that psychological like, edge though. Like they haven't been great at Villa Park in recent seasons. We've had the edge over mm. them quite a lot in recent years. And so, however well you're playing, you've still got that thought coming into a game. Thinking, oh, we don't do that well at Villa Park yeah. historically. And so we have got that against them. And so it'll be an interesting game next week. Um, would you take a point? I, you know, as soon as I came out of Villa Park yesterday, I said to Jamie, I'd take a point. And you know what? I would still, yeah. un- still unbeaten. Why not? Who've we got after that? We go to Brentford, who we lost, lost yeah. their last two games. We're good away. Take a point. Go undefeated again. That's what that will make it. Eight undefeated. Yeah. Yeah. Six wins out of eight. Yeah, I'd take a point. I think it'd be a good game. I think it'd be a good game either way. And um, and yeah, well, it'll be it'll be good to 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 put us put us up against them. And compared to how we were against them earlier on in the season, I think it'll be a totally oh, totally different story. So it'll be really good. Yeah, that four 0 was uh, pretty rank at uh, St James's Park. But look, bring it on. Said it a million times. We don't fear anyone. Bring it on at Villa Park. It might not go well, but who cares? Why not? We'll go into it all confidence flowing through our veins. Let's just go for it. And if you have enjoyed listening to our very positive podcast, please do subscribe on Apple, Spotify, whatever you are listening on. Please do go and check out that Forest video on Villa on Tour on YouTube. Go and subscribe there as well. And we shall speak to you next week after that Newcastle game. Up the Villa. Mm-hmm.